Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm Ross. And I'm Gordon. Gordon, this time I want to start a bar fight. I want to spend a bit of time on the subject of development presets. Ah, yoga, yoda senses and argumentative we must be. So from my understanding, editing software supports a form of presets that makes settings to match the defined outcome of any photo that the preset is applied to. And as I understand it, the presets are application-specific, such as Lightroom presets only work with Lightroom. And if that didn't make any sense, my interpretation is the definition of presets is actually difficult. I think of it as a series of adjustments designed to achieve a particular quotation marks look or effect that it may apply to the whole image or to achieving the local effects. The catch is, it is someone else's interpretation of what that look or effect should be. It may be built into the post-processing software or purchased as an add-on, but it must be designed to the specifications of the software that is being used. I think that's an excellent definition. Uh, and this question about preset portability between applications is, at least to my, the best of my knowledge, that presets are indeed application-specific. However, I have heard you in the past indicate, almost violently, that you are not a big fan of presets and that you never use them. Would this be right for everybody? No, I don't think it's right for everyone. It's true I don't use presets. I can't say never, but very, very rarely, and only in a specific condition, which we're going to talk about. I am not generally a fan, but I do believe that for some folks there are viable reasons to use presets. I'm just inclined to want to encourage folks to use them in a manner that is most effective for them creativity, creatively. So it sounds like what you're saying is, it would be like using someone else's rubber stamp signature for your own. And that's not creative. That's basically copying. And I've heard you say this many times in the past. Yeah, I, I see that as being lazy. Like you're putting somebody else's stamp on your own work. Or putting your stamp on someone else's work. However that may pan out. But I would say that it's lazy only if it's true that you use a preset, you apply it, and then you stop. Your editing ends with the application of the preset as it came out of the virtual box. Okay, uh, fair enough. But uh, I think from stuff I've really seen that uh, you may be a minority in this one. I bet I am. Oh, well, I bet. The other side of the coin that I see is that as a newbie, I don't know what I don't know. It is therefore possible that as a learning tool, I get to see how someone else interprets the concept. The danger arises, again, that as a newbie, I would accept this to be infallible and the only way that things are done. I see a lot of presets being sold, and I expect that many photo editors like them and use them. Or they may merely convey the marketing ploy that this would make this software 
or the process of doing this more palatable? I think that you've hit on something really important. The concept of a preset as a learning tool is an excellent one and something that I want to talk to. My concern is that this new user, whomever that may be, only sees the final outcome of a preset and doesn't learn how to get there. Can they function? Can they get the same kind of results without the preset? Can they develop the skills that help them understand not just what the final look, uh, outcome looks like, but can they build it themselves? Now, there's no doubt that there are a lot of presets available. And if someone can create a set and they can get someone else to pay for them, good for the creator. I won't quote P.T. Barnum, but that is, in fact, how I see things. There's a lot of folks who buy into presets and stop there. And that's too bad. They're missing something. Well, I, I have to agree with that. Because if the user cannot determine how that look was achieved, then they should drop that concept and move on to something they can see what was done. But what happens if the user is not interested in learning how to do those kinds of things in the edits? And they just want a fast way to get a defined look. Then I would, in that case, say if that is the user's desired outcome, then they may as well stick presets on everything. They're never going to be truly personally creative. They're never going to be really creating their own work. For those people, that may be okay. We certainly see that in social media. You know, you'll see a person on Instagram selling a preset, and then you'll see 100 people using those presets, and everything looks the same. There's no creative process except happening in, in the case of the person who created the preset in the first place. I do, however, think that there is a viable use for presets if you're going to use them for learning and not just stamping a look. In fact, if you're using them as a learning tool, they can be a boon. You have the ability to stamp that look on an image so that appeals to you, but then you take the time. You invest in yourself to see what the creator did to get to this point. Now, I am frustrated with a lot of presets because they don't show you, as the customer or consumer of the preset, how they got there, what adjustments were made, what settings are baked into the preset. So, for example, if we look at some of the default presets in Lightroom, some of them are fairly significant. You look at the position of your sliders, you apply the preset, lots of stuff changes, but the positions of the sliders have not moved. So it's very, very difficult for someone to say, ah, oh, I see what happened here. They changed the white point. They changed the black point. They moved the highlights, the shadows, the contrast, you know, the dehaze or saturation or whatever. And that makes it really challenging to use a preset. So in this case, and we'll use Lightroom presets as an example, it can be very, very frustrating for someone who is using the preset because it gives a look they want, but they want to learn how to do that themselves. How did, the, how did the creator get there? What was the thought process? What are the components as an editor that you might want to know how to do? Now, I can understand why a preset creator may not want to show you what he or she has done. Although in my perspective, that makes the preset less valuable because when you teach people, you're sharing some knowledge that they will use in their own way. And if you conceal it from them, well, nobody's learning anything. And sooner or later, sooner rather than later in today's world, your wonderful preset 
will get run over and buried by the next wonderful preset. If it's not a teaching vehicle, I don't see it as valuable for the person who decides to use it for the purpose of learning. If they're just using it because they want a quick stamp and post something, hey, that's their choice. But they're probably have, they probably have a different goal in their photography growth plan than folks who spend more time in it. So what I'm understanding you to be saying is that if I apply a preset to an image as a place to start and then adjust the, the various components, whatever they may be, whether you can see them or not, you don't like the way it looks, you make your own adjustments on top of that. And I then, I like what I get eventually, and I save that as my own. So I'm going to say that at that point, it's no longer just a preset. It's my concept of what it should be. Well, I think in fairness, it is a preset, but it's yours. You started somewhere, fair enough. But if I heard you correctly, you then said, there are some things that I like, and some things that I don't like. And I'm going to make some modifications using my own mind and my own choices to take this to the place where I feel it's going to be better. Well, as, as soon as you do that, who's driving the bus? Well, you are. You are. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the real challenge, right? If you are doing something that is based on someone else, but isn't copying someone else, that's a actually a good thing i mean we've heard for years great artists steal i mean i can remember steve jobs saying that on a stage great artists steal but let's be let's be honest with ourselves we could use the same paints and brushes as picasso i could and i'm never going to be picasso but if the only thing i do is make paintings that are direct copies of picasso i'm really not doing anything that's creative However, if I use the tools and I'm inspired by Picasso or any artist, but I'm still creating my own stuff and I'm using their work as inspiration, just as you said, I'm using this preset as a starting point, as inspiration, then that's a beautiful thing. One of the reasons that has been given for using presets, and this was done in defense of presets, is in the area of efficiency, be it commercial efficiency or personal efficiency. So if the user does the learning, reaches the endpoint he wanted, this is a good thing. But if the user recognizes that endpoint is going to be needed frequently and saves it as their own, then they have a preset. If the endpoint they work so hard for is identical to the commercial preset, Is there really a difference? Well, of course there is. Because the commercial preset just stamped on something is somebody else's work. Okay. But in your your story, you're saying they did some learning, they're achieving their desired endpoint, and they find it something that they're going to use regularly. Right. And then they save it as their own preset. That's what we just talked about. Yes. Okay. At this point, it's not simply hitting something with a rubber stamp. Or, more correctly, somebody else's rubber stamp. It's your rubber stamp. And it's your work. Looks like you. So I would say that that, in that context, you know, if if you remember, as the creator, 
whether you just used the preset out of the box or you created your own modifications to it or even your own preset, that's how you determine how much of the work is yours and how much is somebody else's. I mean, if all you do with a preset is increase the exposure half a stop, maybe you can make the argument that that's your work and maybe you can't. That's a personal decision, but you're not really learning anything, learning anything from that. But if, however, you use it as a place to start and to your earlier story, make a bunch of changes to it to make it your own, then how can that be wrong? Okay. So what about add-ons? Things like uh, the Nick collection, of which is designed to extend the editing space with uh, far more possibilities. Uh, I own an older version, and it looks like to be full of presets. And you have said that you do use this periodically. I do use Nick Collection, and you're right. But if all I did was pop an image into Silver Effects Pro, accept one of their predefined looks, and then send it back to Lightroom or wherever, I'm just using somebody else's work. There's no creativity on my part in doing that. If I use that as a starting point, which I do frequently, particularly in tools like Color Effects Pro, there are some tools there that I really, really like, like Tonal Contrast or Pro Contrast, for example. In those cases, I don't accept the defined look. It's a good starting point. But then I'm going to make modifications to it. And in that space, I think I'm moving past just stamping it with somebody else's work. I mean, it could be truly just an argument of semantics. But my, my, but my perspective is, who's doing the final work? Okay. Are there any preset kits that you know about that have not rubbed you the wrong way and that you might re recommend? Truth to tell, I'm the wrong person to ask. Well, that's why I'm asking, because it's because the I, wrong person is generally the right person. Well, because I don't use them, right? When it comes to, you know, what tools do I use? Well, I've mentioned silver effects and color effects from Nick, but I use them as starting points to a creative goal that's already in my mind. Okay. And I'd never end on one of their proposed constructs. Right. I use them all as starting points. I do use other add-ons, but they are not, they're not doing the same sort of thing. They're still pixel editors, but they might be a tool like Gigapixel to make an image bigger, or it might be Sharpen AI to get good sharpening, particularly for output sharpening. Right. Or even Nick Output Sharpener Pro. Those are tools, and yes, I find great value in them because they do more than what the core editing software does, and they enhance my experience as an editor. But in terms of going out and buying a preset kit or receiving a preset kit, goodness knows I, like many folks, when first presented with digital editing software, said, oh, look at all this stuff that's been done for me. This will be awesome. Right. And I got a bunch of them, and I found mostly they were underwhelming. I felt that I was cheating myself in not learning to do it myself, as opposed to just sticking something else on it. But again, this is me. That's not right for everybody. But I do encourage everybody to learn how to do it. And then if you decide not to do it yourself, you're making an intelligent decision based on your own needs. Okay, yep. So despite my apparent pro-preset stance, I actually live in a very gray area 
And there are a number of reasons for this. You know better than most people that I function outside the box most of the time. And invariably, like you, I have found that presets that are provided to me are presets that I do not like. I don't like the look. I don't, uh, I don't like anything about them. So uh, under conditions where I have to apply proce- uh, post-processing to multiple images, I'm thinking maybe my grandson's hockey game or a rodeo, uh, I will save the adjustments uh, done under, as far as we can call it, standard conditions in, in that situation. And then I will use that as my own preset over probably the entire set of images. And as you know, we come back from those things with thousands of images sometimes. And sometimes uh, lots of images. So so in, in that context, let's suppose that you come back from a rodeo with 800 images. Right. And you find a set of develop presets. And by develop presets, because that's really what I'm talking about here, things that manipulate exposure, white balance, black point, white point, shadows, highlights, right, saturation. Yep. And you find something that works for your keepers. Right. You know, let's so if we do the math, let's suppose you have 800 image images and you say yeah, I call that down to 50 that are worth working on. Okay. And you create that work on one of the 50. Right. And you try it on a couple of others, and it looks good. That is simply saving yourself repetition. Right. And it's not repetition for the purpose of building skill. It's repetition for pushing the button on the photocopier. Yes. Nothing wrong with that kind of preset, because you built it. Because, and in addition to the, the things that you just mentioned, they're all similar. I add a degree of sharpening to all my imports, uh, the lens calibrations that we use. And I, and I guess, in a way, these are maybe not an identifiable look, but they're things that happen to the image. Sure. We, I, I, know, I know we all use them because there's a degree of science built into the whole thing, too. Well, sure. And, and let's suppose you're a Lightroom user and you are. Lightroom automatically applies raw pre-sharpening, right. whether you want it or not. Right. It gets done automatically. Whether you call that a preset or whether applying lens calibrations is a preset, the use of nomenclature is up to you. Sure. They are not, in my mind, development presets. Okay. And I'm most concerned with the use of but development you, presets. So you're, like, you're, you're talking more about the overall look, the brightness, the sharpness, yes, absolutely. The, the contrast. The yeah, the things that you do to make the photograph your, your own. Okay. Well, can't think of anything else that we can destroy on this one. So. Uh, well, then thanks for that, Gordon. <laughs> for the Make Better Photos and Videos <laughs> podcast. I'm going to get out of here unbruised. <laughs> I'm Ross. And I'm Gordon, and I'm bruised. <laughs> A big thanks, to, as always, to our listeners and to those of you who take the time to send in questions. We will speak to you again soon.